Well, greetings, everyone. Pastor Tim Carson here, Christian Center Shreveport. In our daily podcast, so glad you joined us today and that the Lord is speaking to you. We are speaking on the topic of endurance, and today we're going to answer the question, or at least try to, why does God send thorns in the flesh? Why do we have certain things that irritate us and are never renewed? Okay, let's talk about that. Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Well, good day, everybody. We have made it to what we call Hump Day, the middle of the week, Wednesday. Uh, Today is the 18th day of January 2023. I pray that you are encouraged this week. As we cross over into uh, toward the weekend, see what the Lord's saying for us in this week. Well, this month, as I've said, we've been sharing the message of perseverance, endurance, and the purpose of it in our lives and how we're going to need it in the days ahead. And that's why I felt the Lord had asked me to teach on it. I'm a bit nervous because when he tells me to teach on it, he doesn't always tell me fully why. And usually it's because I'm going to need it. And I think we're going to need this spirit of perseverance, the fruit of perseverance, uh, to grow in our life. Remember, fruit grows when the tree is nurtured and taken care of, fertilized, pruned. All these are the processes of growing fruit. Well, we're in that season right now where the Lord is preparing so that we'll have a major harvest of perseverance, endurance, which develops our character and ultimately gives us hope. And when you have hope deferred, your heart's sick. The tree's sick. Uh, it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen or when it was going to happen. And you got sick in your belly and you lost your hope. Well, guess what? you got to go through the process to get your hope back. And one of those things is the fruit of perseverance, endurance, that produces the character, which then gives you hope back again. It's a basic principle of the kingdom. Well, I'm going to answer the question, not answer it, give insight, I believe, to the question is, why do we get thorns in our flesh? And we know that from the story of Paul, where he had a thorn in his flesh. So let's visit his story and let's learn from it a little bit. Uh, If you remember in 2 Corinthians 12, he talks about this heavenly visitation. You know, he said a man, he didn't say it was him, but some theologians believe he was talking about himself in the third person. It doesn't really matter. He's talking about revelations. Regardless whether he did or not, he received these revelations. And uh, the danger of those revelations, I think, has to be tied to his story here, is that when you have higher revelation, you also have higher potential of being a, uh, having an issue of pride and arrogance. And so I think God allows certain things to happen in this story This would be one of those. And he tells this story, uh, and he said, I would boast on such a person. 
who has such an encounter. He said, but on my behalf, I will not boast. He said, except in regard to my weaknesses. And you know, Paul does that consistently in his epistles when he's talking about his weaknesses. He says, for if I do wish to boast, I would not be foolish, for I am speaking the truth. But I refrain from this, that no one will credit me with more than he sees in me and hears from me. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, now Paul obviously had those, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm not, I, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults and distresses, with persecutions and with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for when I speak, then I am strong. So he gives us some real strong principles here about uh, what happens when a thorn in the flesh comes, what the Lord's doing, keeping him from exalting himself, number one, also letting him experience the grace of God and how the power of God is perfected in weakness. That's why he said, I'll boast in weaknesses. He wasn't saying, oh, I'm glad I can't do this and I can't do that. He's talking about how the power comes when we have the grace of God on our life. And he talked about whether persecutions or difficulties, no matter what. So we see this story here. And he goes on in, in other chapters of, of Corinthians about how he's the least of the apostles and uh, he can't compare himself and also uh, he can't compare what he's going through uh, con compared to the glory that's coming. He, he talks about how his suffering, etc. He goes on, he said, and he boasts again in his weaknesses. What were his weaknesses? It was when the enemy would come against him and a thorn in the flesh would come. Uh, so he was weak from the attack, but God's power would be demonstrated through that encounter. So Saul of Tarsus, which was his original name before he became Paul, he was a man who once persecuted and condoned the murder of Christians. And now he begins in this story to have an incredible uh, heavenly revelations. And I believe that he's talking about himself in that chapter. That's my belief. Other theologians believe differently, but some do. But anyway, he says, and now the thorn of the flesh comes to him. So he asked God three times to take it away. And God says, no deal, not going to happen. <laughs> he, he gives him a divine exchange for his question. He gives him an answer, but it's not the answer he wanted. He said, I'm going to give you grace. It'll be sufficient for you. Don't worry about it. Just keep moving. Um, your weaknesses and power will be perfected. So let's look at what happened here. Number one. God initiated this event. Saul didn't. Paul didn't. God did. God sent a messenger not from heaven, but from Satan. So anybody who says that God doesn't have control over Satan is deceived because he did. He can tell Satan what to do. He said, and in the word here, the messenger, he sent a messenger from Satan. 
is the Greek word anglos, and that word means angel or an angel or a demon. So he sent it, he has a right to do that. And then the last thing, fourth thing, God Almighty caused Paul to experience some level of demonization against him in some form to keep him humble. Now, I would never sign up for this, you know, if I knew that God was going to do that against me. And that goes against a lot of our faith teachings, but it's in the scripture and you can't cut it out. You can't take a piece of scissors and cut this passage out. It's in there. So most demonization manifestation is not like what we read when people are thrown into the fire and so forth. Usually it would intermittently manifest. It's usually just controls certain parts of a person. And this demon was not allowed to attach to Paul's spirit or soul, but was allowed to attach to his body. There was no warning, no reason given why God, other than he was going to humble him. Even after three requests, God's answer was no. So I want you to understand this. Your call many times will come with a cost. And the cost for him was this thorn in the flesh. I mean, he was victorious over it in the sense that grace carried him through it. But we see nothing, nothing in Scripture said he ever got rid of it. So when we think about cost, we always think about benefit, okay? Cost to reward. I give my life, I give my money, I can get a reward. But we really don't see a great benefit in this Scripture. <laughs> he gives it all, and this thing doesn't go away. We just read that this was to assure that he would stay humble. Some have said it was blindness and so forth, but we have no proof of that. But whatever it was, all would have seen it. We know that. So Paul's weakness was a, was a bent toward pride, so God felt this was the best solution. <laughs> I know you're saying, are you going to prophesy this over me? I'm not. I'm telling you, work on your pride and maybe we won't have to have these messengers. <coughs> maybe we'll have a grace on our life. I don't know. This is an unusual story. Now, remember, this is not a common story in the sense that um, somebody this great uh, had to go through this. You think about the importance of this because of how great he was, and his message now has been going on for 2,000 years. So his suffering um, was very important for all of us to have a pure word. So we have a belief that, you know, especially our faith teachings, that every single believer should be able to get rid of every single demon. But this scenario begs to differ in the kind of thoughts that theology, it kind of throws out the thoughts of theology out the window, which says we can overcome it every single time. Job would be another example. But everybody always says, well, that's Old Testament. Well, this is New Testament. And this is Paul here. And we have to relate to that because it is after the resurrection. So not only did this demon come from God, in other words, he allowed it to come, but Paul went to God three times to have it removed with the answer returning no. You know, we're taught that God, if you just hit him hard enough, eventually he'll say yes. But God used Paul to become one of the greatest apostles he used him to plant numerous churches, train up great leaders, perform every form of miracle through his life. Yet God chose to leave part of him 
under the attack of a demon, a messenger from Satan. When we hear this story, our soul naturally cries out, why? We want the answer to that question. We see this as an injustice. We see it as unfair. Yet, we have to trust God and try to see his reasons. We also note that this is not the result of sin. That's very important for you to recognize here. Only the potential sin at a later time. So the cause for Paul was this. God knew he had great things to do in the earth. And the only reason, I this might my, my understanding of Scripture here, the only reason he would do this was he would see that the pride of his life would, could keep him from doing the greatness of what he was called to do. He never withheld the call, the greatness, to be an apostle to the uh, Gentiles and to the entire world. He finished that race, but he made sure that his weaknesses was his strength. In our weaknesses, he is perfected. So God knew this was the path to it. So don't think, you know, when God does this, doesn't mean you're going to not reach your destiny. You just will reach it without pride. You'll reach it there humbly. So God allowed this great revelation to come through him, and he seems to protect it with a demon. <laughs> it makes no sense in our natural mind, but in a sense he did. He made sure this demon had access to Paul so that he could attack him to keep him humble and that in his weakness he would boast that God was doing a good work in allowing this to happen to him in order that the word would be protected. We all may think God could be used a different way here, but, we, but, but he couldn't uh, until he had matured him to overcome that pride, right? Maybe that's what it was about. So we see here in Scripture that a Christian can have a demon sent from God and choose not to listen to our requests and can allow him to stay. That's one of the costs of ministry. Now, this is not the norm. This is when the call is great. And I think we all have a great call. So when you think about the thorns in your flesh, I hope this helps you understand it a little bit better. Not that I embrace it and want it, I just understand the work is greater. And if God is going to protect his word through you, his call through you, he will use whatever tool he has uh, to humble you, to put a thorn. Now, it says in his flesh, so it was his flesh, his body, but he can send a thorn in order to keep you in your call. All right. I know that's not a popular message, but I want you to be encouraged today. Father, I pray for everybody listening today that if they have any thorns in their flesh and they've begged you to remove them and you've not, I pray they understand that, God, you are protecting the purpose of their life and they will fulfill their mandate. They will finish the work that's set before them and they will accomplish everything you have them to accomplish and that, Lord, no weapon formed against them will prosper in the sense that, Lord, it'll prosper to steal their call in their future. We speak life over them. We say they will walk in their future today. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, come back tomorrow. We love you guys. Well, thanks for listening, each and every one of you. Remind you, as I said last week, we're planning a trip to Israel in May. We'll put more details there out to come, but pray about it. 
We're going to Europe first, and then we will go to Israel. A little bit longer trip than normal, but it has a great purpose. Don't forget all our applications, our website, uh, christiancentersreport.com, as well as our app. You can give there. You can read with us. You can do so many things on our applications. Thank you, and God bless you. I speak life over you for the days ahead. All right, see you tomorrow.